Great. So, which is better, to be young or old? I think our culture and our hearts tell us to be young. Why do I say that? Well, on our birthday, we're delighted, aren't we, when someone says, oh, you look so young for your age. I love that. I mean, not if we're in our 20s, probably, and we get ID'd all the time at places, but once we hit about 30, I think we're definitely happy when someone thinks we're younger. And we like to think of ourselves as young, too, whatever our birth certificate says. A Danish study from 2006 discovered that, quote, adults over 40 perceive themselves to be, on average, about 20% younger than their actual age. So that means that someone who's 40 would think of themselves as about 32. Um, We see pictures of young, beautiful people, and we feel inadequate if we're at the stage that the crow's feet have bedded in. Or if we're still among the young, we fear the day when we look in the mirror and see the crow's feet coming. We read about people at the top of their profession, and if we're young, then maybe we hope to make a mark like them. And if we're older, maybe we wish we could go back to the start and achieve like them. We go to the gym, find we can't quite manage what we used to. We feel a bit sad about that. And if we're young, we can't quite imagine that day coming. We're a society obsessed with the idea of keep young and beautiful if you want to be loved. It's from a song. Some cultures revere the elderly Now, in British culture, that is often not the case. With the exception of maybe Captain Tom or Queen Elizabeth II, the older you get, the more likely you are to be devalued and dismissed as irrelevant, and perhaps even more so as a woman. Although as Christians we we might respect older people, and I really hope we do, and seek their godly wisdom, they've been walking with the Lord for years, We don't really want to be old with the challenges that's going to bring and the limitations. And ultimately, we want to think we've got lots of time left here on earth, don't we? We don't want to die. But, of course, we may also know the pain of losing someone young. And we don't want to die young. So in that sense, we do see ageing as a privilege. But... We'd prefer if we didn't have to go through the decline that it also brings. There's quite a bit of talk about ageing in our society at the moment. So women like rightly looking to be valued as they get older and not rejected from roles in the media and entertainment because their looks change. Women are seeking to understand the effects of the menopause rightly. People are thinking about how a society values older people. And how to have a good death. As Christians, what distinctive things does the Bible say on this? What is life-giving? What is joy-bringing? And how can we have a godly attitude to ageing as Christian women? Whether we're 24 or 74 today. How can we bring glory to the Lord in the way we approach it? These things are what today's seminar is about. So let's start. Uh, You might want to pick up your little handout um, that's on your tables. And there's a couple of discussion questions in there just for you to chat about in your groups. How do you feel about ageing? Do you know why you feel like that? And what fears do you have about it? Um, Yeah, there's lots lots that we may feel about ageing. There's lots um, that we may fear and, and, you know, the anticipation of. Um, so it's, it's going to be good to think about that. And we're actually going to start off at that sort of difficult point this morning. Um, so on your, um, on your handouts, I think you'll see that the first point there is aging is a struggle, which again, it's not, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's going to be a really good thing to think about. Again, it's not like it doesn't feel like the yes, let's get up on a Saturday morning and think about this kind of thing. Um, but yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to do it. So, um, think of your favourite film. Can you think of a film that you like watching? 
Shawshank Redemption, okay, yeah. Great. Any other favourite films? English Patient. Uh huh. Interesting. Tea with Mussolini. Now, tea with Mussolini is is absolutely undermining what my point was going to be because tea, tea with Mussolini has got lots of elderly women in it, doesn't it? So, um, but a lot of the time, you know, Hollywood films, the main character is not an elderly woman. You know, you might have a wise old neighbour, maybe, um, but few films focus on the struggle of ageing, do they? So. Uh, dementia, incontinence and stair lifts they don't often get a lot of time in Hollywood films um, and, and that's because it's something we don't always, as I've been saying it's something we don't always love to think about and yet even if we have the most kind of straightforward life and, and who of us really does, but even if we did there are always going to be struggles in how we pass through the years from, old, from youth to old age And ageing to a degree, and I think we're going to see that from God's word, casts a shadow over our lives. Um, When we're younger, we've got hopes and dreams of what our lives will be. I wonder if you're you're a little bit further on, if you can think back to what some of yours were. Um, uh, We might have ambitions we want to hit and goals that we want to pursue. And whether those goals are to make a mark in our profession or whether those goals are to experience the world or whether they're something else entirely, um, we are aware, aren't we, that we don't have forever <laughs> when we're young. We don't, we're aware that we don't have forever to hit those goals. And we're particularly probably aware of that as women as well, don't we? If we want to have children, there's a time limit on our bodies. Um, And when we ease into, maybe we don't ease into, but when we go into middle age, um, it can be a time of crisis or a time of contentment as we weigh up whether we did or are doing what we had hoped we would do. (laughs) Um, And and whether we have children or not, actually, it can be a, a really difficult thing to see the time go by that was kind of our time to have children. Um... And when we get into old age, um, I guess there can be a joy or a grief. Um, Maybe we did the things that we wanted to do and we feel really content. Um, Or maybe we realise that our career was just average and not extraordinary. Uh, uh, Maybe our children and our grandchildren are trusting the Lord and that brings us great joy. But maybe we're also grieving the seasons that have come with age. Empty nests. Uh, parents and friends who get ill and die, um, a reputation that has maybe faded from what it once was, and a body that often doesn't work as well or is failing. And it's likely there's a mix for most people um, of grief and joy. But it's not really the stuff of Hollywood. And so when we come up against the anxiety around our goals... Um, uh, when we come up in midlife with the crises about whether or not we're doing what we think we should be doing, or whether we come up against grief, um, we can totally get the temptations of the world, can't we? To want to cover up ageing, to want to not think about it or fight it or mock it. So let's start and dive into the Bible and put some foundations underneath our thinking. Um, We're going to start in Ecclesiastes. So I think you've got Bibles on your tables. Do look up Ecclesiastes um, chapter 3. And it is on page 669 of your church Bibles. Um, So Ecclesiastes, if you don't know or you're not familiar with it, it's one of the wisdom books in the Old Testament. Um, it speaks um, about the world of Genesis 3. So it speaks about a world that has been cursed by God um, and it's subject to frustration and sort of complexity. Um, and in Ecclesiastes, the person speaking is a guy called the teacher or the preacher. Um, and, and he speaks and he looks at life backwards. He looks at life um you know, knowing that the one thing that is certain in this world is death, <laughs> he looks at life from that point, saying, knowing that that comes to everyone, and he says, we should live our lives in view of the fact that we are all going to die. 
again, it's a cheery, cheery subject um, for a Saturday morning. Um, but it makes it a great place to also think about ageing through. So let, let me read out Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and pull out a few truths that will help us get under the skin of why ageing is a struggle. So I'll start at verse 1. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What gain has the worker from his toil? I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. So there's just three truths I want to quickly pull out of there um, that I want us to hold on to. Have a look back down at those verses, particularly verses 1 to 8 in chapter 3, just to start off with. And we sort of see uh, time passing from one thing to the other, a bit like a pendulum swinging or the tick-tock of a clock, a time to be born, tick, a time to die, tock, that kind of thing. Um, And the poem is describing life under the sun, life in this sort of cursed Genesis 3 world. And we know the truth of this, don't we? We know that no time lasts forever. We know that times of laughing can turn into times of weeping and back to times of laughing. Um, And some of the seasons that we see in verses 1 to 8 are joyous, and some of them are very, very hard to bear. And in fact, as we read Ecclesiastes 3 as women um, and think about aging as women, we could imagine the teacher adding in some extra lines, couldn't we? I wonder if you can do this. Um, There is a time for your first period and a time for the menopause. There is a time you feel good, and a time when everything aches. Uh, There's a time when you feel at sea, and a time when you think you've learned some things. Um, And there's a time when you sleep through the night, and a time when you always have to get up for a wee. Um, Yeah. Um, So we often find ever-changing seasons a difficult thing. And when it comes to ageing, we want to stay, as Fiona was saying, young and beautiful, or competent and independent. And we don't want evidence of grey hairs, um, an aching back, or a bad memory. We long for the prime of our life to last. And whether we consider the prime of our life to be 21, 41, or 61, um, Ecclesiastes says it's not going to last forever. No time lasts forever. There's no, um, this is a big emphasis in Ecclesiastes. There's no permanent progress to be made. The teacher in Ecclesiastes often uses this word vanity. He says, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. And that word is like a puff of air. It's like the times that we have are like a puff of air. You can't grasp onto them. You can't hold them. You can't make them last. Um, times change and seasons pass from one to the other. And if we are privileged to live long enough, we will feel that in our bones and we will see it in the mirror. Um, here, So that's one truth to hold on to. Um, uh, second truth, very briefly, is that God makes the changing times beautiful. Um, did you see that? In verse 11 of chapter 3 in Ecclesiastes, um, the teacher says that God has made everything beautiful in, his, in its time. It's like God is weaving a picture together. Um, and um, each season, uh, whether it's a delight or whether it's difficult, is a thread. And God takes it and weaves it together um, into a beautiful picture. Um, now, that God is outside of time. And so the teacher puts it, even in the past tense, God has made everything beautiful in its time. And we'll come back to that thought later. So we've got no time lasts forever. 
God makes the changing times beautiful. But then there's a tension, and this is the third thing that we want to pull out from Ecclesiastes 3. Again, it's in verse 11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. God has set eternity in our hearts, and that brings attention um, because we live in this world where times change. Um, We live in this world where we know um, that God is weaving things together. But the only thing that we are able to see, and let's see if it comes up here, if you can't really see it, is a mess of knots and a small part of the, kind of the back of the picture. Um, if we think about that thing that God is weaving together, we can't see the whole thing or how it will work out. Um, aging is a struggle because seasons change and move us towards our end. We long for eternity. We long to pin things down and make them last. And though we're told that God is weaving everything together to make it beautiful, we can't understand how that can be. And to us, aging through these changing seasons towards death, it doesn't look beautiful at all. Um, Now, we're going to come back to that dilemma in a bit. But I want to pause now. And um, again, in your handout, through that whistle-stop tour of Ecclesiastes 3, um, I want us to think for a few minutes um, about what we make about how, ch- how how times change, and yet we long for the long for eternity. You know, so you could think about something in your life, a time in your life that you wanted to last, or um, or realizing that how you feel when you realize that time is running out for something. Is that fair? Um, and uh, five minutes. Yeah. So three minutes. Oh, three minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite a short amount of time, isn't it? So, we're thinking about the struggle of ageing there on your sheet. And it's helpful to see the big reason for that from Ecclesiastes. Now we're going to telescope into one particular struggle that the Bible is very real about. And it's very real and, I think, very personal for us. And I think if we're going to keep trusting the Lord as we age... We need to acknowledge this particular struggle and accept it. Otherwise, we're going to spend our lives fighting the Lord about it, worrying about it, or desperately trying to deny it. And this struggle, it's very simple, (laughs) this struggle is that our bodies are wasting away and will one day die. Imagine this is not news to us. The struggle is our bodies are wasting away and will one day die. We're going to mainly be looking at a passage in 2 Corinthians, if you want to turn that up, it's on the sheet, but you might also want to turn it up in your Bibles to see the, the wider passage. And we're also going to be referring to a little bit of 1 Corinthians. So 2 Corinthians 4, 16. So I'll read this out, 2 Corinthians four sixteen, page 1162 in the Church Bibles. So we do not lose heart, though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, as we looked not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal." For we know that if the tent, which is our earthly home, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling, if indeed by putting it on we may not be found naked. For while we're still in this tent we groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. Okay, we'll read the 1 Corinthians part in a moment. So, that first verse of the section, verse 16, So we do not lose heart, though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. Well, how is ageing referred to in this verse? Well, our outer nature, that's our bodies, is said to be wasting 
away. Our bodies are gradually breaking down, falling apart, wasting away. From the moment we reach adulthood, every human being, no matter how athletic or how beautiful, has a body that is gradually decaying. Now come with me to 1 Corinthians 15, 42. Also on your sheet, where Paul likens the human body to a seed that is planted in the, or sown in the ground at the point of death. So 1 Corinthians 15, 42. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonour, it's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness, it's raised in power. It's sown a natural body, it's raised a spiritual body. Do you see how the natural human body is described at the point of death? It's perishable, that means it decays. It's in dishonour, it does not look glorious when someone dies. It's weak rather than strong that's the this is the end point of wasting away so the conclusion is our bodies are weak and perishable and one day they will die i'm sure most of us know the truth of this in our own lives in some way i found it interesting that just around the time kirsten and i decided to write this seminar my body started changing in ways because of my age in ways that i haven't enjoyed very much And I'm pretty confident that anyone who is older than about 30 will have some bit of their body that doesn't work quite as well as it used to, whether something more minor or something more major. If you're yet to hit that mark, you might find it hard to imagine, but it will. It will happen. And whatever age we are, we may have experienced watching someone we love waste away very obviously and die. That's happened to me with both of my parents. It's a pretty frustrating state of affairs and we rightly groan while experiencing it. If you look down to the 2 Corinthians passage again, look at 5 verse 2. It says, for in this tent, by which he means this mortal body, we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on we may not be found naked. For while we're still in this tent, we groan. Do you spot that? It says we groan a couple of times. Um, we're burdened. So the most obvious experience of ageing in a fallen, cursed world is groaning and being burdened. We groan about our own bodies, but we also groan as we watch those we love, like our parents or our friends, go through the challenges of their bodies ageing. It's one of the most obvious examples of the changing seasons of life that Ecclesiastes talks about. And we desperately don't want the season of bodies ageing to come. As I say, I've been groaning a bit with the changes in my body, and I can see the burden it is for people of any age when things start to break down more and more in their bodies. The mother of a friend of mine says, old age is not for wimps. That's right, isn't it? There are lots of challenges that come with our bodies wasting away. It's hard, and we wonder, how can God make something beautiful from this? Well, we'll come back to that later on, Kirsten. I just wanted to interrupt at this this point, um, interrupt Corinthians at this point, just to head back into Ecclesiastes for a moment. Um, there's a right groaning that Fiona's been talking about with the struggle of ageing. Um, But I think um, we are encouraged to, um, as we look at Ecclesiastes, be confronted, allow ourselves to be confronted with the struggle. So in Ecclesiastes 3, do you remember, and I know we're doing a bit of hopping backwards and forwards, but in Ecclesiastes 3, we thought about this tension um, or burden that we experience um, where we, we know we'll age and we know times will change, but we want a life that's eternal. We want to be able to hold on to things forever. Um, and what the teacher or the preacher in Ecclesiastes wants us to notice most of all is that, and this is going to sound really obvious, it is God who's in charge of the passing seasons. 
Um, it's God. It's great. Some people are having fun. Um, it's God who makes them beautiful. The passing season's beautiful. The times that change. And it's God who has also hardwired us for the eternal. He has put eternity in our hearts. Um, he has given us a longing for life that lasts. Look down again, if you've still got Ecclesiastes open, and if not, I will read it out. Um, look at verses 10 to 11 of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I think that's saying that God has put a kink in our experience. You know, a kink, like a, a kink is a bend in something that should otherwise be straight. Um, and this kink is what God has given us to be busy with. God has subjected the fallen world um, to a curse. Um, and, and this sort of kink, this bend in our experience... Um, leads to the struggle of aging. It's what makes it difficult. And God has, I think, deliberately (laughs) given us things like aging (laughs) so that we sit up and take notice. So Instagram would tell us to cover up the struggle, uh, to fight it, or to focus only on the good bits of aging. Um, And there are good bits. Um, But God wants us to notice when we can no longer pass for a 20-something Um, God wants us to notice the hot flushes or the memory that's not so good. God wants us to notice our fears about what we might do by the time we are 30 or 40 or 50 or 60. He wants us to feel the tension that he has placed eternity in our hearts and we want things to last and yet things keep changing. He wants us to allow the struggle of aging to confront us. Um, a recent article in an American magazine called The Atlantic talked about the gap between how old we feel and how old we are. Um, and the author wrote about the moment of realisation that comes as we age, as we realise we're ageing. And she writes, A friend nearing 60 recently told me that whenever he looks in the mirror, he's not so much unhappy with his appearance as startled by it as if there's been some sort of error, were his exact words. The writer then goes on to say, high school reunions can have this same confusing effect. You look around at all of your ageing classmates, wondering how they could have violently capitulated or given themselves over to age, and then you see photographs of yourself from the same event, and you realise, oh, Now, some of us know that from looking in the mirror or back at younger pictures of ourselves. Some of us may have messed around with a filter on a phone. Um, But whether our middle age and old age are far off or whether they are our present reality, God wants to confront us as we feel ageing struggle. Um, He doesn't want us to look away. (laughs) He wants us to feel the kink and notice it. Um, He wants to confront us so we'll be pushed to see that he is God. He wants to confront us so we are free to accept his timings and the beauty he is creating as we age. The struggle of ageing is meant to confront us. And it frees us, that, that confronting, if we allow ourselves to be confronted, that frees us from having to cover it, to fight it, to worry about it. And I think the challenge is for us whether we'll allow ourselves to be confronted by it. So let's start um, thinking about how that's going to work out. Um, uh, And we'll think about it in terms of our bodies, and Fiona's going to help us do that. Um, And then we'll we'll have time to think about how it might work out in other ways as well. Great. So what if I don't let myself be confronted with my body ageing? Well, I think if I don't let that happen, then over time, as my body ages in ways I don't like, whether that's my youthful beauty fading or my athletic ability decreasing or I get an illness like cancer, then I'm going to fight God about it. I'm going to fight God about these things. What might that fight look like? 
Or maybe I'll just feel really unsettled. What's happening to me? Why me? Or maybe I'll feel hard done by. You know, why is this happening to me? Or maybe I'll feel anxious. You know, what if people only liked me because I looked a certain way or could do certain things? And I'll respond either by obsessing about keeping beautiful or fit or avoiding illness. Or I'll just live in denial, trying to pretend it's not happening. So not going to the doctor when I should or just giving up on attending to my appearance altogether. Or I'll get lost in nostalgia, loving my younger self but not loving who I am now. And this fight may lead to despair and bitterness towards the Lord and to others who I perceive have it better than me. But when I allow myself to be confronted by my body ageing, then I accept that in this world that's under God's curse, all people have bodies that are wasting away to death. So as my beauty fades, well, I've lost my reason to be anxious about that. I'll care for and beautify my body in proportionate ways that neither deny what's happening to my body nor obsess over it. As my body is less able to do the things it used to, I don't need to wonder what's happening to me. I can grieve the passing times and groan at the struggle I now face, but it won't become a root of bitterness in my heart. And if or when I get a serious illness, yes, it's right to groan and grieve. But although the illness itself makes no sense to me, I can know that God will weave even this into his beautiful plan. So there's some questions there on your sheet to think about. Uh, You can choose to go either way with this. There's some questions. So in what sense is it right to groan as we age? Why is it difficult to allow ourselves to be confronted by ageing? Where might you need to allow yourself to be confronted? Or if you prefer, you could talk about one or two of these scenarios that we've put on the the handout and answer the questions as if they're you. I don't know which of those you prefer to do. So you could talk personally if you want, share some of that, or you could talk about the scenarios, whatever you prefer. Um... If you're finding in your groups that you you feel like you haven't got enough time to talk, why not break down a little bit further, maybe into twos and threes or something like that, so you can get more chat. Um, Remember, we don't just want to hear from one person for the whole time. Um, We want to get discussion going. So, yeah, just work work that out around your tables. Um, What we're going to do in a few minutes, we're going to open up the floor to questions and comments all together, okay? So a few minutes chatting around your tables and then we'll chat all together. Okay. So we've seen that ageing is a struggle that we need to allow ourselves to be confronted with. But is that all? Is that all? I want us also to see this morning that ageing can be beautiful. Aging can be beautiful. And the first way that's possible is the beauty of inward renewal. The beauty of inward renewal. So have a look down with me again at our 2 Corinthians passage. You might want to open it in the Bible, or it's a few pages back in the handout, isn't it? So 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. So at the very same time as our bodies are breaking down and falling apart, the exact opposite thing is happening inside us. Renewal of our inner person. What does that mean? Should we have the back door shut? Does someone, Jane, could you do that? Thank you. <laughs> Our neighbours are doing good business, which is good. So what does this mean, renewal of our inner person? So we know that the inner person we are is full of sin. There's still some good in there. We do still bear God's image, but there's a lot to be ashamed of too. 
But for those who are in Christ, the Lord is wonderfully reforming his own image in us. He's changing our inner selves to no longer be sinful, but be just like his own dear son, our saviour, in all his beautiful character. His kindness, his love, his graciousness, and all the other wonderful qualities he has. And the Lord starts this at the point when we first trust Christ as our Lord and our saviour. And he continues it in us through our whole lives on earth until the day we stand before the Lord in heaven. Then we will be fully like Christ. We will be fully the person God intends us to be. The real Fiona, the real Kirsten, the real you. Christ-like, beautiful. 1 Corinthians 15.49 says... Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, that's Adam in his sinfulness, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. That's Christ in all his beautiful purity. Wow, that's amazing, isn't it? Christ won for us at the cross the privilege of bearing his image. So that older saint you know, who has trouble walking these days and is going a bit deaf, but who's been walking with the Lord for years, longing to be more and more like him. She actually does look much more like Christ in all his beautiful character than she did when she first believed. Can you picture her? As her body's been wasting away, inwardly Christ is being renewed, renewing his image in her all these years. She's now more herself, more the way the Lord wants her to be, more beautiful than she's ever been. And he's doing that for you and me as we trust in him day by day. Isn't that wonderful? Outer wasting, inner renewal. Knowing that means we do not lose heart, as verse 16 says. We do not lose heart. In the midst of our outer wasting away, we may feel less and less beautiful, on the outside and the world out there might reinforce that feeling although actually I'd want to argue there can be much beauty in an older face Proverbs talks about grey hair as a crown after all but we feel less beautiful and we know the real struggle of our bodies working less well than they used to but by God's grace we're becoming more and more beautiful on the inside and that is better by far than the outer beauty. So just discuss for a moment in your groups, how much do you think about the inner renewal of Christ's image in you? How much do you think about that? How could thinking about it help your attitude to ageing? Okay, so think about how much do you think about the inner renewal? And how, if you were thinking about that a bit more, how could that help your attitude to ageing? Go. Great, let's, uh, let's come back together. But that's not the end of the story, okay, in a renewal. There is a greater beauty to be revealed. If you're following on the handouts, you'll see that there. There is a greater beauty to be revealed. If we belong to Christ, the end of your life story and mine, whatever has happened here for good or ill, will not end with a sigh in a hospital bed and with tears and sadness, although that may be something we experience. Why? Because our physical death is not the end for us. There is a more glorious and beautiful ending to come. Look down with me again at 2 Corinthians 4 verse 16, pretty key verse in this session. Verse 16, so we do not lose heart, Though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal.
Do you see the greater beauty in these verses? Look at 17. Look at verse 17 with me. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. There's going to be a connection between the affliction we experience here on earth and the eternal weight of glory that we'll experience when we go to be with Christ forever. If you have your Bible open, look back to verse 14, where Paul says he knows that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. He's definitely talking about in this section about experiencing eternity in glorious raised bodies in the presence of Christ and all his people. This is the glorious future each of us who are in Christ will have. Further down in our passage, if you look down to 5 verse 1 and 2, Paul says, We have a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent, meaning this body, we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. He's talking here about our raised, transformed bodies. That's what the house not made with hands is, and the heavenly dwelling. He's talking about our raised, transformed bodies. And at the end of 5 verse 4, if you look down to there, he says what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. So the life we live in the presence of Christ forever will be more real, more wonderful, more truly life than anything here. Wow, that's an amazing truth to hang on to while we age, isn't it? But how is this glory to come connected to our afflictions here? Well, it seems that all we've been through as we age and all the other afflictions we may experience in life are actually preparing that glory to come. That's what verse 17 says, isn't it? I don't know. Now, I, I don't know exactly how this works, but God knows. He knows. And that glory to come will be beyond comparison with anything we can ever experience here and now. Better than caring for your children and watching them grow up. Better than being respected as a leader in your field of work. Better than still being able to walk in the hills or run marathons at age 70. Beyond all comparison. And amazingly, our afflictions here will seem light and momentary when we enter into that glory. I wouldn't dare to say that unless the scriptures said it. But it seems it will be so. Do you remember Kirsten talked about God weaving for each of us a beautiful picture of our lives and every season of our lives, whether a struggle or a delight, is a thread? I mean, we're talking in metaphorical terms, of course. I think experiencing the glory that our affliction has prepared will feel something like us standing before the Lord as he looks at this picture that he's been weaving of our lives. All we can still see is the back, all the knots, all the joys, yeah, all the delights, but all the sadnesses, all the struggles of ageing, all the difficulties through our lives. And then he looks up at us and he smiles and he turns the picture around and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And we know. We know fully even as we're fully known. He's made everything beautiful in its time. So for now, we don't lose heart, as verse 16 says. I think it can be easy to lose heart as the years go by. Unfulfilled dreams, present pain, worries about the future. I might as well give up now, life is too hard. But no, we do not lose heart. How? Well, look down to verse 18 with me. It says, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient but the things that are unseen are eternal. The things that are seen are all that's going on in our lives now. The challenges, 
including the struggle of ageing and the joys. These are not to be the things we fixate on, the things we allow to define our sense of self and overwhelm our emotional lives. The things that are unseen are the spiritual realities that Christ has won for us. Present forgiveness, inner renewal, the glory coming, the beauty to be revealed. These unseen spiritual realities are where we're to focus the eyes of our hearts. They're what we're to be obsessed with. And they're how we're to frame all that happens to us here, including ageing. Now that doesn't mean that as we age we're to pretend it's not happening or never groan about the things that we see around and the, the challenges we're facing. But it does mean that in the middle of all the joys and all the sorrows, we're to bring to mind the beyond compare glory and beauty that our Lord and Saviour is weaving and allow that beauty to define how we think about our lives as the years go by. Kirsten's going to help us think more about how we might do that. Great. Um, lots to think about. I just want, as we, as we sort of wrap things up, uh, I should have chosen such light pictures too. Um, but I just want, imagine an architect's plans laid out before you for your house. It's your house. You know, they've been carefully, safely, intricately crafted for you by an excellent architect. A builder, a trustworthy and excellent high quality builder and his team, well, their team have started work. What is a wise approach to this process? Um, to redraw the architect's plans yourself? Um, to fight the builder at every turn? To muscle in and try and, you know, put a cable here or a joist there? Um, or is it wiser to work with them? Um, even when you don't know how it's all going to come together. Now, Fiona's just been painting a picture for us. Um, of the beauty that God is creating. And it is, a, it is astonishing to think of that inward renewal that, that can go on inside any believer, that is going on inside any believer. Um, it's the beauty of a loving creator who's renewing his people, taking them towards a beautiful, glorious future with him. Um, and that's what's happening in the years of our lives as we walk with the Lord. So let's just come back to the question we started with how do we age well as christian women how do we not lose heart um how do we let the beauty god is creating shape us even as we waste away even as we're tempted to want to hold on to other things and make them last we started in ecclesiastes 3 there's a verse um on your handout from ecclesiastes 12 and that's where i want to fast forward to um, for our end. This is almost the last thing the teacher or the preacher in Ecclesiastes says. This is his response um, to kind of what it's like living in this world where, where death is certain. Um, uh, and, and he says in Ecclesiastes 12 verse 1, remember your creator in the days of your youth before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. The teacher confronts the realities of ageing by speaking a word to the young. There's something we need to do while we have the time and capacity to enjoy life. Remember your creator. Or we could say, given all we've been thinking about, remember your creator and the beauty he's creating. Now in a room like this, there are some people who are actually young. um, And there are some people who are not so young. Um, But... Uh, What I don't want us to hear is this word here in Ecclesiastes 12 verse 1, remember your creator, as long as we have the capacity to hear and live and respond to that, that is a word that we can take (laughs) and respond to ourselves. Um, It's obviously something that people who are younger have more time (laughs) to respond to. Um, and, And if that's you, you should take this very clearly. But as Christian women, we need to prayerfully decide to remember our creator and the beauty he's creating, really whatever age we are. 
For us Christians, for us as Christians, um, that remembering includes more, um, as Fiona's just been unpacking uh, for us today, than it did for the teacher in Ecclesiastes. Um, It includes all the things that we've been thinking about from Corinthians. Um, And how we are to age well as Christian women is to decide to keep all of that in mind, to keep God in mind, to keep the Lord Jesus Christ in mind and all that he is doing. It's different to knowing we should remember him. I don't know if you ever get this in church. It's like, oh, I should, I should keep this in mind. Um, this is this is one that's a, a choice, a one, a thing, a decision that we need to make dependent on him. I might know I should eat healthily and take exercise, but unless I do it, it has no well-being um, on on me as I grow older. And the same thing is true in this circumstance. The decisions we make every day, whatever age we are today, to remember remember our creator or not, until the day that we lose the capacity to do that, those decisions will shape how we age. Um, They'll shape how undone we are when we need to wash, but we can no longer just hop in the shower. They'll shape whether we long for beauty, for the beauty to be revealed, or whether we're bound up in bitterness um, about what has passed. They'll shape whether we enjoy each age and stage for the time that God gives it to us or not. Whether the client decides to work with the architect and the builder or against them will affect the build process and the final outcome. And whether we decide to remember our creator today and every today that we have affects um, how we age as Christian women. In Christ, there is always grace and forgiveness for the grumpy days, for the impatient days, for the fighting against God days. But there is also far greater joy and encouragement in remembering God and the beauty he is creating. I just want us to think about how that works out in two ways. So again, I think it's there on your handout. Like, What if we don't actively decide to remember our creator and the beauty he's creating? And we've touched on this a little already. Here's one possible outcome. If I decide just to kind of like, well, I sort of know I should know that, but I'm not going to choose to respond to it. Here's one possible outcome. It means that we we may become grumpy as we age. Um, Grumpiness is not the only vice of ageing, but it is a very common one. I think unfairly it's often attributed to men, um, and I know firsthand that it's not unique to them. Um, Because there's an attitude in ageing which can feel slighted. Why can't I keep up the way I used to? Why do things have to change so much? Why is it not like it used to be? Why don't people do things the way I do them? And when we feel slighted, it can become rich soil for bitterness to flourish. And from bitterness, a grumpiness overflows. And it can start in our younger years when we look around at others. What if those of our same age and stage um, have what we desire? What's wrong with me, we think? What is God, why is God withholding this from me? As we age, we see seasons we love disappear in the rearview mirror of life. As we age, we often grow aware of what we no longer have and may never have again. Um, and it can be overwhelming. And again, we can cry out, why? Whether we're young or old, it's okay to admit the difficulty of wanting something and not having it. It's right to grieve opportunities and, and, and when those we love pass away um, and when difficult things happen. It is entirely human to wrestle with why something has happened. There is no expectation of easy answers. Fiona's touched on that already. We will groan as we age. We will feel that difficulty. But grumpiness says it is intolerable that things are not going my way. God says, remember me. You can trust me to renew you inwardly. Because of Christ, you can trust me to take the worst of your life um, and make it beautiful. You can trust me to show you that beauty one day. 
work with me, don't fight me as you age. But the grumpy woman, and I know her well, answers back to God with a, you're wrong. This is what should be beautiful right now, and you are wrong to change it. Grumpiness holds our slights and their bitter fruit very, very tightly. It's no, it has no interest in serving others or entering their perspective. And it kicks against the beauty that God is creating. Now, this is not an easy truth because we often confuse a wrong grumpiness with a right groaning. But right groaning doesn't kick back against God. It prays. It asks others to pray. I'm finding this change so hard. I miss what has passed. Please help me. At every age, we need to examine why we feel slighted and bring those things before the Lord. We need the challenge from one another. And a decision not to remember our creator and the beauty he is creating means that we can become bitterly grumpy because we have forgotten that. But let's end. <laughs> let's end in a joyful place, which is a what if we choose and make the decision to remember God, our creator and his beauty. And that means if we do that, it means that we will rejoice as we age. And it is a beautiful thing when people rejoice, when women rejoice. It is amazing that even as our bodies decay, God is renewing us inwardly as Christian women. It is amazing that one day we will look back and see how God miraculously worked everything together into something so beautiful. We'll know if we've decided to remember our creator and the beauty he's creating when we're rejoicing. A decision to remember our creator means that we'll plan to remember these truths after today. A decision to remember might mean that we try and memorize some of this scripture. A decision to remember might mean asking a friend to help you remember in times of groaning. We talked about that a bit earlier. A decision to remember means we will rejoice in the gifts and seasons God gives for the time he gives them. And we won't necessarily try and hold on to them beyond that time, although that is a difficult battle. When we remember his beautiful and intricate work over all eternity, we are freed to enjoy our 20s and let them pass into our 30s, or our 40s and let them pass into our 50s, or our 50s and let them pass into our 60s. We are free to let go of our own pressure and the world's pressure to fight aging or to ha- or have to cover it up. We're freed from the temptation to hold to, to look for something else to hold on. Um, whether it's whether it's family, whether it's health, whatever it is, we're freed from the temptation to do that um, because we know um, uh, what God is doing, what He has done, and what He has given to us. And instead of holding tightly onto our slights, we're free to see all God is and all he has given us and rejoice in it. It's his freeing gift. There should be something liberating about remembering what God is doing um, as we age. And as we allow ourselves to be confronted by the struggles of aging, we're pushed to remember our creator. That's how it should work. That kink in the world, that bend, that when we realise that everything's not quite right, um, that should push us to remember our creator and all the beauty he is making. And when we do that, we do not lose heart. And we, as God's people, and you as a church together, have the opportunity to help one another do that. We need to think about how we will decide to remember our creator today as we age. Now we're going to spend a little bit of time now, again, we've got a little bit of time still left to do this, um, uh, to, uh, to again think, reflect. At the beginning we talked a bit about how we feel about ageing. How have we been challenged? What do we want to go away from this morning remembering? And you can read the other questions for yourself, but let's have a chat together and reflect um, on, on some of these things. Father, we just thank you that um, 
that you are leading us home. Thank you that you're renewing your image in us. And thank you that we will rise with resurrection bodies to eternal life with you and all your people forever. Praise you that we can trust you as we age. And Lord, we just pray that you help each of us to remember our creator day by day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.